Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. You know, Sean, our morning is such a break because I've been dealing with kids all morning and assigning chores and having kids mad at me uh, and then, you know, getting them all set up so then we could do the podcast. So I'm a little bit if I'm frazzled this morning, it's because I'm still a little bit mad, frazzled, mad. frazzled and steaming over kids stuff this morning. But we got to talk about this because this is really important. Actually, this is the kind of stuff that's going to affect their lives if we don't get to the bottom of it. And that is one, the Trump indictment, which we're going to talk about. We're going to break down another indictment that I think is changing this experiment that we call America, this this experiment in liberty. It's being changed forever right before our eyes. And you and I don't think there's been enough outrage over it. And two, we're going to talk about the FBI because they have been caught um, lying about the extent of the surveillance that they have been doing on Catholic churches. So why don't you first, Sean, maybe break down for us the FBI story. But before you do that, let's bring in Evita, because Evita Duffy, our daughter, has written an interesting piece analyzing the FBI Catholic surveillance situation through the lens and with the historical backdrop of the Spanish Civil War, which is very close to our family history. So, Evita, first of all, welcome. Thanks for having me. Of well, course. And Evita um, is up in Hayward and we're here uh, in New Jersey. She's in Wisconsin. We're in New Wisconsin, Jersey. That's right. And just uh, just to, I'm going to be really honest with everybody. Rachel was frazzled with the kids this morning. No doubt she was telling you the truth. But she's also wildly angry, like so many of us, about what's happened with no the, doubt. The, the, the fourth uh, tranche of Trump indictments. And that's added to the frazzle. Yeah. of this conversation so uh, but but i think you're right we should talk about what's happening with the fbi and catholics so um a number of months ago a couple months ago we had uh a whistleblower come and tell us that the the fbi in richmond was targeting conservative catholics catholics who go to latin mass that's a more conservative brand of catholics a more traditional brand of catholicism yeah and when that was exposed by the whistleblowers uh, the FBI said, no, 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 hold on. This was a this was a rogue group in Richmond. Um, this wasn't a, a nationwide program with the FBI. It was just this one field office. Actually, Christopher Ray, the head of the FBI, came to Congress and basically said he was outraged that this was happening. And it was an isolated incident out of this rogue group down in Richmond. Well, the oversight committee had worked hard to go, well, we want to see the documents. 
around how a- any FBI field office could, in its right mind, target Catholics. By the way, conservative Catholics claimed that they're uh, white supremacists, white supremacists or domestic terrorists. Um, By the way, we are protected by the First Amendment, the freedom of speech and to have the FBI target a religious group uh, based on no grounds is outrageous to every single American. Well, Christopher Wray um, was was dragging his feet with providing documents to the oversight committee. Sean, were highly redacted, highly redacted. Well, the oversight committee didn't take that. They said, you know what? We want the unredacted documents and had uh, threatened the FBI that. Uh, they would be held. Christopher Ray would be held in contempt of Congress if he didn't uh, respond to the subpoena for the unredacted documents. Well, lo and behold, uh, Ray and the FBI complied with the Oversight Committee, sent the documents over, and we learned that it's not just the FBI uh, field office in Richmond. It was far broader that the FBI office in Richmond had relied on the FBI office in L.A., and the Portland. FBI office in Portland. That's right. And so it was far more widespread. And the paper uh, that was written to target traditional Catholics had been elevated to a point where very senior members of the FBI had approved the document on which they should infiltrate. The FBI should infiltrate conservative Catholic uh, churches. So, and, and Sean, may I add, they had laid out some criteria for... <laughs> How like we could identify to identify people who were worthy of surveillance. So of domestic terrorism. Yeah, of, of domestic. So let's talk about that, because I think it's really fascinating. So one was if you were um, had any opposition to Vatican II, which was a modernization effort um, that happened, I don't know, back in the 60s or whatever. Um, and it was it was a, a way to modernize the Catholic Church. There were Catholics who were opposed to that modernization and kind of stuck with the traditional liturgy and so forth. Okay, so are you opposed to Vatican II? Well, by the way, if you're if you're at a Latin Mass, uh, you might show some some opposition to Vatican II because that's what switched the Latin Mass to this modern day Mass. Yeah, to to the the Mass being said not in the universal language of Latin, but in the vernacular or the language of the local you know, community that the mass is being held. So Vatican II, any opposition to Vatican II. The other one was if if you didn't like Pope Francis. Yes. Um, so, okay, that's a lot of Catholics. Uh, Which, by the way, <laughs> I didn't know the, the state was involved in determining, you know, wh- whether parishioners like the leader of the church or not. I think if, we're, if we have a division of church and state, <laughs> this seems to be uh, blurring those lines yeah, significantly. I, I didn't know the FBI was working for Pope Francis, <laughs> but I guess I guess there's there's that. Uh, and the third one, Rachel, the third one was pro-life. So, if, oh, if, yeah. If you were pro, pro-life if, and you had, if you had, had any oppos- activism work and for, pro-life community, which should include me and you. And, and if you're in opposition to the pro-abortionists. Right. Those were was three a, indi- a, I thought there was a fourth no, there was three. One. Those are the three indicators. If you like the Latin mass, you're so you're us has somewhat opposition to uh, Vatican II. If you weren't a big fan of Pope Francis and if you're pro-life. Oh, and if you went to Latin mass. You have a problem with the FBI. So any any Catholic, any Christian looks at this and no, the, honey, they'd round up our whole family would be rounded up. Almost all of our extended family would be rounded up. That's not my side. A lot of our friends. Yep. And so um what's interesting in this conversation is this is not the first time that Catholics have been targeted, which is why we wanted to bring Avita in. Um Avita wrote an article for the Federalist, kind of laying out some of your Rachel family history yeah. um, of very ca- uh, faithful Catholics living in Spain and what happened in Spain in regard to the revolution in the 30s. So uh, Avita, you know, you did some research 
you know, going down the family tree, talking to family members, tell us about Rachel's and your history with, um, with, 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 with radicals and their attack on the faith. What was happening, I guess, in the 1930s in Spain? Because a lot of people don't understand that. Yes. I just, I just want to go back for one second to make sure that this point is really clear for everyone who's listening. You laid it out really great. There's just one thing that I think we need to make abundantly clear. This memo is not suggesting that Catholics are are you know radicals just because they attend Latin Mass or because they don't like Pope Francis or they oppose Vatican II. This document was created based on FBI agents already infiltrating traditional Catholic communities. So this isn't just a labeling of Catholics. It's not just a demonization of Catholics. They have already gone into church communities and surveilled them and implanted informants within them. And the FBI has lied about that, too. You know what? That is an excellent point, Evita, to make the point that the identifying characteristics, you know, you don't like Pope Francis, you like Latin Mass, you, you know, are opposed to Vatican II, et cetera, et cetera, were based on agents who have already infiltrated. So the infiltration has already begun. This isn't just some like random memo laying around. This is a memo that has come out of surveillance that's already happening. Exactly. Perfect. Um, so, so, so yeah, I think we should go, I go back to my article, which is, um, I'll read you, I'll, I'll read for everybody the title. It says, uh, what my family's bloody history in the Spanish civil war teaches about the FBI's assault on Catholics. And really what I talk about in it is, is that we've already seen a mass demonization of the church and and the church's theology before in in the the 1920s and 1930s the the government in Spain this is after the monarchy was was done away with in Spain they uh instituted a republic and the republic was very left wing they were heavily influenced by stalinism and obviously we, I mean maybe not obviously but communism and and the catholic church and religion in general have always been at odds because they cannot coexist the power in communism comes directly from the state and so power from a divine entity like jesus christ um doesn't work and so what happened in spain was they said okay we're going to be now a, a this this republic but a very communist one and we have all these left-wing ideologies um we, we're, we're interested in all of the the sort of the critical theory that was starting to emerge at that time um and they they said we have to do away with the church and and there are primary targets and so in, in in the lead up to the civil war there was this mass demonization of catholics where they said you know there's going to be no more catholic school we're banning catholic school um you know we're, we're banning we're saying marriages that were done by the catholic church are no longer recognized by the state you have to get married in the state to have it count um there were there were just a lot of things that were happening um to to hinder um, the flourishing of Catholicism and to and they were persecuting actual like they were persecuting clerics they were persecuting priests and nuns anyone who was sort of actively devout and influentially influential in the Catholic community were being persecuted and that of course included um, some of our relatives in Spain. Right. So you were so if you were if you were like a you know a, a Catholic intellectual, you would be expunged from the government. You might lose your job because there was a lot of crony capitalism going on. But what happened with our family was we my so mom's 
mom's uh, grandparents and my great grandparents were Spanish intellectuals. They were very de devout Catholics. Um, they were middle class. And so the, the middle and upper classes were heavily demonized at this time, right? This is a communist state, essentially. Um, and so during in the middle of the war, right? So the, the Civil War was sparked by um, opposition to this demonization of Catholics, where General Francisco Franco staged a military uprising. And in the middle of the war, our great-grandparents um, were persecuted and they lost their home and their savings. And our great-grandfather was actually uh, arrested and imprisoned. And when he was imprisoned, um, he was randomly let go in the middle of the war. We don't know why. But the men that he was imprisoned with ended up being executed. They were shot and he was able to escape. Crazy things happened. Um, my great that, that can I can I just go back on that? Because that's it's actually an interesting story. He yeah. was imprisoned with a priest and a couple other Catholics in a building in Madrid. And they would make prisons out of anything, you know, there. And so they were imprisoned there. And then they suddenly said, OK, oh, we're going to let you guys free. Come down to the office and pick up all the belongings that you had, your wallets, your crucifix chain, you know, whatever you had there. And the other the three of three of them went down to get it. But my grandfather was petrified and for some reason decided not to go down and get his things. He sort of escaped and left. And then he found out that when the others had gone down to get their things, they were executed um, on the spot summarily. So, I mean, these were crazy times. Uh, maybe talk a little bit, Avita, about what happened to um, my my grandmother during that time that my grandfather was in prison. So she, I mean, she was always in, in in a lot of fear, obviously, when her when her husband was imprisoned. She was alone with four kids, age one, two, three, and four. So all these little children, she's by herself in the middle of a war zone. And she she decides she's she has to escape. She's afraid they're gonna come after her because she was a a prolific writer. Um, and was putting her penning articles all the time, uh, speaking out against communism, promoting Catholicism, talking about politics, um, and in a similar way to what mom and I do, which is why it's 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 I I always feel like I have I never met her. She was dead before I was born, but I feel like I have this sort of connection with her because we're sort of doing the same thing right now. Um, but anyways, during the middle during the war, she said, "I have to get out of Madrid. I'm afraid for my life and for my kids." And so she escaped on a train in the middle of the night with all of her kids, barely any items. All she brought was um, the clothes on her back, her children, and a typewriter so she could continue to write. Yeah, it's a crazy story. And and the persecutions that happened are have been very, um, I think, blacked out, right? I mean, we had nuns who were stripped naked, uh, you know, murdered priests. Um, I think the totals were over 4,000 priests were murdered, 13 bishops burning, nuns. burning down churches. And they, and they also, I mean, so this is, an, I think 300 nuns were killed. I mean, this is but serious. 4, 000, over 4,000 priests, over 4,000 priests, so bishops. many martyrs in the Spanish civil war. And so I, I so the point here, Avita, and I, I love the article because we're history repeats itself. And we're seeing that repeat right now. Again, the communists came in and to your first point, which is you can't have a group of people who aren't loyal to the state that are actually loyal to a higher power. That doesn't work in communism. So in the 30s in Spain, they attacked Catholics. We see that same attack going on right now with Catholics uh, in America, the targeting of Catholics. And what I find fascinating- It's so laughable to think that they were 
that they're attacking, that they're surveilling Catholics in America in 2023 because of white supremacy. That's so dumb. And, and it's domestic so, terrorism. Or domestic terrorism is so obviously not the case. So why would they, other than the fact that there's something about Catholicism and Christianity that deeply offends our super secular, uh, you know, regime that's in power right now. I wanted I wanted to add one more one more story. So um, one of our the extended family members on our great grandma, my great grandmother's side was a priest and he was before a firing squad um, with lined up with a bunch of other priests and other Catholics um, was about to die just for the for the sake he was for the fact that he was a priest. Um, And when the squad fired, they grazed his arm and he begged for them to actually shoot him and, and, and kill him. And instead they buried him alive and a dad, you touched on it, but this is really the point of the article is that the demonization of Catholics should really send up smoke signals for everyone that something bad is coming, right? That we, we are, when we, when we declare, when an authoritarian government declares war on religion, that's how, you know, we're spiraling um, into something really scary. And the, the end result for all of these and in all of these stories, right, whether we're talking about China, Russia, Spain, uh, North Korea, places where authoritarian government comes in troll. Oftentimes it's it's has, you know, it's it's communist. And in our case, it's probably something like a Chinese style socialist, you know, market economy. But um every time that this happens, the 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 escalate it escalates and it ends in bloodshed. And that's why I think history is so important and why we should be really wary of of the demonization of Catholics because it's really the demonization of, of all religious peoples, but it starts with Catholics because we have been an unchanging religion. We have a centuries old hierarchy and we're 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 uniquely organized compared to other religions. And that's why we're such a threat. So that you want to get them first. Right. Exactly. So what what I find interesting, um whether we look throughout history and to your point, the the attack on the faithful, on Catholics or Christians, um, that no one stood up and w- saw what was coming, saw what was happening. That people didn't d- didn't rebel, didn't push back, didn't you know take to the streets. They kind of quietly accepted the attack on their brothers and sisters in their community. And there's this idea that in America we're different, we're bred differently. We have a different psychological genome, if you will, that these kind of things could never happen here because we're Americans. And what I find fascinating is in America, we're human beings just like human beings that have lived through history. And the same thing is happening and the same kind of silence is met with this aggression, just like we saw in Spain and your point in, uh, in Russia, in China, no one is fighting back as hard as they should to preserve what has been so wonderful and beautiful about this country, which is the freedom of religion and basically freedom of speech, the basic freedoms that we are given through our constitution and by our God are under attack and we're silently letting them go. Yeah. It was sort of like, it's not just science. There's like this normalization, right, Sean? I mean, if you had told us 15 years ago, 10 years ago, Hey, the FBI is infiltrating Catholic churches and looking for domestic terrorists um, it, that the FBI would raid the home of pro-lifers, you know, at the crack of dawn with their kids crying and guns pulled 
Um, you know, we, we just wouldn't believe these things if we, you know, if the number of, of, of churches that have been vandalized um, in America, the number of 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 Christians who are living in fear at this moment. And yet at the same time, we are not, you know, it's sort of like we're just kind of going on with our days. We all go to work. We all go to, you know, to our jobs and and carry on with our families. And yet this is like, as you said, Evita, a smoke signal. Um, this is a sign that everybody should be worried. Why do you think, Evita, there's such there's this normalization? The normalization of of the demonization of Catholics or like like why aren't people more concerned about this? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, I so I, I think I think part of it is is we have an electorate that's very misinformed. Um, and I think that that comes down to to the media. It also comes down to AI. I, I asked Snapchat, I said, what do you think about the FBI document um, about traditional Catholics? And my AI said, I'm not really sure what you're talking about, but I would be very wary of disinformation. So th- nobody, th- we have so many problems with information in our country and actual good sources. Like, I mean, I, I wrote about this at the Federalist multiple times when it first came out immediately. I had an article out about it. We are, we are labeled by the government as purveyors of disinformation or by fact checkers who we know are in partnership with the government as the federalist is. Oh yeah. All the time we're getting fact checked by the, by, by these, by these fact checking or the left wing liars. Right. All by, by, by other, so by other media organizations, by the fact checking, um, you know, groups, this is what, this is what they do to discredit people who are actually exposing um, the lies. And, and I also th- think that, when we read about this kind of thing, right, we say like, oh, traditional Catholics are 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 potentially, you know, white supremacists and extremists. And when you don't actually dig into the act into the memo, you can you can be you can say, well, maybe there are some, you know, traditional Catholics that are that are, you know, radical or that need to be, you know, checked into who knows, right? If you read the memo, and this is why it's so important to be really informed and to be looking at alternative sources, if you read the memo, you'll see that it was based off of one, like I said, um, infiltrating Catholic communities, but also on on left wing sources There were the 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 basis for their surveillance was three op eds from I from the salon from the Atlantic from um, I, I believe the Southern Poverty Law Center, Sovereign, Southern Poverty Law Center, which is a, yeah. which is a hate group, essentially. Yes. So they were. So so the FBI is using these partisan op eds as as sources, and they're also completely missing like key key information about like who Catholics are, right? And the and and the differences within different factions, right? So they cite groups that are supposedly Catholic as problematic, right? And these groups are actually in schism with the church, but they don't mention that in the memo. So they're not actually Catholics. And then they lump the not actually Catholics with church militant, which is a group that is constantly talking about how these people are in schism and we like Vatican II and we don't want anybody to to deny the validity of it because that creates problems within the church. So they the FBI is so confused about Catholicism. They're so misinformed. They don't even know what they're talking about, which is a sign that this is political and it's not based on anything that's real. But if you look at the headline from the memo, you might think, well, maybe they have a point. We'll have more of this conversation after this. 
Since the 1970s, working-class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80% of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5,000%. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. You know, I I look at this um, and I can't help but think of a great Ronald Reagan quote where, and again, it it seemed kind of humorous at the time, but um, it has far greater weight today when he said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day, we will spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States when men were free. And you made a point here, Evita. I, I think as you look at how effective the, the, the socialist, communist, leftists have been, when you take over the schools, and you you teach CRT. You have a, a sixteen nineteen uh, ask history project, you know that's fed into the minds of the children. Um, our kids today and a, a whole generation above those that are in school have never been taught about why our freedoms are so important and why we fought for them and what they mean for our democracy and for our civilization and a stable system of government. If you haven't been taught that. When they're taken away, they don't understand the importance of and how critical those rights and freedoms were. So when they go, they don't they don't understand what's happening to them because they never were taught to appreciate it and why they came into being. And uh, that's and again, maybe maybe you see an older generational outrage, but the younger folks are like, well, this is like, that's fine. Yeah, they are. There could be radical Catholics. And so maybe they should be targeted. And. Yeah, we're going to get to this in a little bit. But yes, Donald Trump should be prosecuted. And um, again, our history and our schools matter that we left the schools unprotected. And again, all every every good American, it's their fault that we left the schools unprotected. Every school board, every governor, every state legislature that had their state universities infiltrated by the Marxists, they allowed it to happen and they funded it. It's 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 our fault for not keeping our eye on what was so important um, in our culture. And the consequence of that is the decay we've seen today and the targeting that's now coming from the FBI. Another indictment. What is this? The fourth indictment? Well, there's no there's no, there's there's 40 indictments, but this is no, the, I mean fourth the fourth uh, tranche. Tra- yeah, the fourth launch. So, yeah, so we so we have I, New I, York. I, I, we have the federal one in Florida. We have the federal one in D.C. And now we have the this Fulton is Georgia. One so in we Georgia. woke up to Georgia, all the co-conspirators, um, everything they're doing. And it goes back to what I was just asking of you. I mean, like we look at the FBI surveilling religious people and inside of their churches 
and turning them into domestic terrorists. And uh, you go, where's the outrage? Same thing here. I woke up. I read this. I started talking to you. And your first comment, Sean, was where the hell is the Republican Party? Where the hell is every single candidate? Where is Kevin McCarthy? Everybody, they're all making statements, but that's not enough. They should be at these hearings. They should be staging. So I've said for on this on our podcast, where is every presidential candidate at the courthouse standing with Donald Trump? Again, Only Vivek. They're running against him. They're opposed to some of the things that he promotes. They might not like the man as a person, but this is about democracy. This is about one party targeting another party. And I'm beyond that now. Every single House member, every single senator, every Republican governor should stand with Trump. They should actually be in Georgia on the day that he's brought to the courthouse. And they're going to film that live little kangaroo court that they're going to have for Donald Trump. They should all be there. And the American people should see it's not the Democrat Party machine against one man. It's against a whole party. And they're all going to be locking, locking arms and standing in unit in, in unison fighting this machine that's trying to take down our country. And the problem I see is everybody expects somebody else to do it. Somebody else is going to stand up. Somebody else is going to fight. Well, Donald Trump shouldn't have contested the election. Well, good Lord, there's been a whole list of Democrats who've contested elections. But when Donald Trump does it, he needs to be imprisoned. He needs to be persecuted. He needs to be indicted. I get so angry that the the passivity of Republicans, there's a fundamental misunderstanding that Republicans think they're just going after Donald Trump and Donald Trump who Donald Trump supporters. That couldn't be further from the truth. They're going after every conservative, every Republican, anybody who is in opposition to the regime, they're going after. So to think that a Republican elected official can skate by um, this this onslaught that's coming because it's only for Donald Trump, they're dead wrong. They're coming for everybody that has an R by their name. And by the way, I think the people get it. I, it's, it's really weird. Like you talk to the average person, even people who aren't, you know, who are you know conservative but not, aren't really particularly political, and they sense that Donald Trump is a stand-in for them. They sense that they're coming after them. By the way, if you're Catholic, you have to know that's happening. Um, and I think you look at this situation and you're right. Where 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 are they all? You look at Alan Dershowitz, the constitutional lawyer, a Democrat himself saying a left wing Democrat. I mean, he's a, a liberal Democrat, a, a liberal, Democrat, liberal Democrat, a traditional liberal Democrat who says the things that Donald Trump and his team tried to do. Um, in order to figure out if this if they had this election had been rigged and how they had been cheated is really no different than the things that Al Gore's team had done. And yet Donald Trump is going to be thrown in jail for doing the same things that Al Gore's team and, and by the and and Donald Trump's team what might get thrown in jail unless they turn on Donald Trump. Uh, and who really interfered with American elections? Hillary Clinton, I can't believe, Sean, that she has the gall of all days as today to be weighing in on what is happening to Trump when nobody, I mean, she is the, the beginning. She is the, the point where everything started with really an, a, a coup 
against Donald Trump's election. So I, I couldn't agree more. So talk about a coup. So Hillary Clinton comes out with her team, uh, this idea that Donald Trump colluded with Russia. They created a dossier um, and they fed it to the FBI. The FBI willing participants in this coup effort take the, the fake dossier of Russia collusion and they start a fake investigation on him. They, while, while Barack Obama is still in office. That's right. And, and so they target the Trump campaign. They 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 eavesdrop. They spy on the Donald Trump campaign. Donald Trump wins the election. And then the coup begins. So the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the whole intelligence apparatus now working against a sitting president on a fake story that they know is fake. They garner information and they systematically leak it to the press. And that press runs with those stories to advance a story that they know the, the the intelligentsia of government know is fake, know is false. And so the question becomes, why is Hillary Clinton, the DOJ, the FBI, and the CIA, why are they doing this? Why are they all working together? No, no why are they promoting this story that they all know is fake? And the truth is because they wanted to have such pressure on Donald Trump that he would be removed from office. And they knew that it was on false pretenses. It was fake. And when you have a, that kind of disinformation and misinformation come out to in an effort to take out a duly elected president, that is called a coup. That is a political yes. coup and takeover. An administrative coup. Administrative coup of a man who fairly won an election. And they were almost successful. I think any other man or woman but for Donald Trump this would have worked. They didn't anticipate that Donald Trump would fight back so hard and not take their their BS. He didn't take it, and he stayed in office, and the coup was exposed. And who's been prosecuted? Nothing's who's happened. gone to prison? Who's been indicted? No, basically, this the, the media's pat because they were willing participants have turned a blind eye to this to the to to the coup of President Trump, and all the while Donald Trump then protests. The election results, but Donald Trump to stand up and push back against election results and compare that to a, 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 an actual coup attempt that took place against him. And Donald Trump's going to go to prison. Donald Trump's going to go to jail. And no one else in the previous coup against him is indicted. Outrageous. I'm sorry. Just based on the suppression of the Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden laptop, poll, there were legitimate polling done, multiple polls done after the election. People didn't know about the Hunter Biden laptop before they voted. By the way, when the when the story dropped, the number one Google search was how do I change my. But, but I want to make sure we're clear on one point. So, yes, there was if, if people had known about it, it feeds back into the coup attempt because it was the FBI that was coordinating and giving information to social media companies. Yeah. About this could this have again, we had the 51 intelligence officers that said this has all the markings of Russian disinformation. And we had the FBI say, well, we, we, we're not the sure this could did. be the laptop. And therefore, the story was censored online. It massively affected the bombshell reach of the Hunter Biden laptop story. And again, the FBI was involved in making sure as many people as possible didn't see that story, didn't see the truth about Hunter and Joe Biden's corruption. Again, 
election interference. And how, and of course they couldn't let that happen. They just impeached Donald Trump for trying to uncover the corruption in Ukraine with Joe Biden. It was all on that. Laptop. That was exposed in the laptop. It was. So this is, this is so corrupt. It is so disgusting. I, I it's something that I never thought would happen in this country. It, Evita, tell me how young people are taking all of this information. Are they seeing the things that are they getting you? Cause you talk so much about the importance of, of information, right? Are they getting all this information? Are they understanding what happened with Russia hoax? Are they understanding what happened with the laptop? Do they care about the things that Representative Comer is uncovering in the financial records of the Biden showing they may may, may have taken up to $50 million in, in, in basically, you know, deals, dirty deals with Ukraine, China, Russia, et cetera? Very few. Um, I think I actually know what's going on and are concerned by it. I think a huge problem is that we are all involved in this. I'm, I'm, I'm a journalist. You guys are, are, are commentators. This, this is our day-to-day lives and we're constantly being updated. And we have to know about the ins and outs of all of these different indictments. We have to know about Russia collusion. We have to know about the Hunter Biden laptop and what's on it and what it says about not just Hunter Biden, but Joe Biden, average Americans and specifically young Americans, Gen Zers don't know what's in it particularly because it's these stories are so convoluted. It's confusing and it's it's hard to know what's real, what's what's overblown by the media, what's political, what's legitimate. Um, I, I was think, listening to you guys talk. I mean, we're identifying all of these problems. And I just it makes me especially like coming into the world during this time and and think seeing this is the America that I'm now inheriting is really is really hard. It makes me feel very powerless. I think it makes a lot of people feel very powerless. Like what like what what are we to do about this? And I was listening to a really interesting Chris Rufo video, a different one than the one you sent me, mom. Um, but he was essentially saying for decades now, conservatives had have said the biggest problem is our government and the deep state. And the best thing we can do is shun the government. Is say we're going to we're going to be intellectuals and exert our powers um, and and our and our in in our life outside of of the government. That's not us. And then what 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 happened because conservatives sort of abdicated their role in the government, sort of disdained it because they rightfully disdained the government. Um, is they left it to left wingers to to control to infiltrate, and that's why we're seeing what we're seeing right now. And his point, Chris Rufo's, Rufo's point, was essentially to say, we, we've we been trying to, to diminish the size of the deep state for decades, mostly from the outside looking in. It hasn't worked. Um, we, there's no way that we can, you know, reel this in. So the only thing we can do is make the deal with the devil and go in ourselves and do our own thing. Um, I still feel like maybe I'm I'm idealist and I'm young and I, I, I want things to be better. And I've said this on this podcast before. I want to see the FBI abolished. I want to see the CIA abolished. I want to see all of these three-letter word agencies gone. There's nowhere in the Constitution that says they have a right to exist. We should be giving power back to the states, and we should be, you know, having the executive branch really only be dealing with the military. That's the only one of the only real things that they say. You know, the president is the commander in chief. That's what he has power over. Not tons and tons of these organizations and agencies that have now taken the, their initial roles and twisted them to weaponize themselves against 
um, against the American people, but against any outsider who comes in and threatens their power. It happened with with Nixon. It happened with JFK. Now it's happening with Trump. And I have to ask you, Dad, because I've I've asked you this multiple times. Will will Congress should Congress and can they do something to literally obliterate these agencies? And and if they shouldn't do it, why not? Have you changed your mind on that? Because before I, I just want to add to this, Evita, I think that you're on to something. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy is the only millennial running for president. And he has been saying, I I don't want reform. You know, reform is sort of like the mantra of the Republican establishment. Yeah. They have all kinds of slogans around reforming Washington, reforming Washington. And he's literally going out there saying, I don't want reform. I want revolution. And he is suggesting exactly what you're suggesting. Let's get rid of the FBI. They have lost the trust of the American people. Let's put, you know, divisions back into the states. I, don't, I mean, Sean, I don't know how realistic that is, but it's certainly something in the midst of what we're going through right now. This crazy cultural revolution, this crazy takeover of our bureaucracy and our government by the most radical people in in, in our society uh, makes people want to just you know, blow the whole thing up. So I think um, we have to pause for a moment and say that is a federal bureau of investigation. There's been some debate. We've had that. Is it, is it warranted? Do we need it? Um, And I think a, a bureau that, that, that investigates major crimes across state lines. Um, I'm not opposed to that. I'm not opposed to a central intelligence agency that's working overseas to make sure we have intelligence, um, to make sure we stay safe. Why isn't so, that the job of the military, though? Why doesn't the military have, you know? So, a, okay. uh, but so that one of the problems is that if you consolidate those, all of a sudden you're going to empower the military to do to to become a, maybe a different animal. Maybe it's going to like like the FBI be focused more on intelligence than on law enforcement doing the good investigation. So you got to be careful on where you go on these. The concepts, I'm saying are not bad concepts and the concepts don't have to be corrupted of an FBI and a CIA. They have been corrupted and therefore we're saying let's obliterate them, but we're, we're, we're not stupid people. We can think through checks and balances of, of, of giving power to agencies and making sure they stay true to the mission. We can do that. How? We haven't, I, as we, I learn more about the FBI, I don't think it's ever done that. I mean, I look at what JFK Jr. is saying about what happened to his own his his own father and uncle. So one you, of the problems is you don't have oversight, right? So you look like, at you look, oversight you, means Sean. No, so let's just no, be honest. No, no, this, 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 that's shining light, Rachel. So if if the, if the FBI, so oversight doesn't mean, well, what happened with with JFK's murder, right? Do we know? You still can't get that information. So yeah, you Why don't have oversight. You don't. So that's the point. You don't. You don't have a lot of a lot of transparency into the bureau, and they play this game of we're investigating. We're above your oversight, right? And so you can't look and see what we're doing. So then, therefore, we can't be held accountable. And when they're never held accountable, they continue to do more and bigger bad things. And th- that system has to change. That system has to be. Yeah, redone. I just don't see. And you guys, the, the ladies changing. here disagree with me. That's okay. And again. Our listeners might disagree with me. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, making sure you have an effective government. Yeah, you're so thinking your like angels are running this, and well, I, I think really bad think people are. are. We're seeing the FBI being taken off of child 
sex trafficking yeah, investigations defending. to go after January 6 people. I'm not defending this FBI at all. I'm yeah, not. But, I'm but saying, can, I, can I just say something, Dad? Yeah. I mean, you talk about oversight. We already have oversight. Congress no, is supposed don't. to be. No, Congress is supposed to oversee all of these agencies. Nothing is supposed to be hidden from the oversight committee. Now we have an un an un a, a released document, not redacted. The FD ten twenty three that showed that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden received five million dollars each from a Burisma executive, and they hid that from Congress, or they give it to them, but they give it to them in highly redacted versions. We already have a agency and these agents that we already have oversight and these right. agencies don't care and they don't follow the rules already. So what do you do about making them actually follow the rules if we're going to have them in the first place? Because they don't do it right now. We have rules in place and they don't follow them. And so this, so again, then your rules are ineffective. But if they don't comply with the rules, um, again, the left writes the rules. That's part of the problem, Sean. The left writes the rules. And, and we the, have to play by them. And the right plays by their game. So again, so one tool that Republicans have is is the power of the purse, right? They don't comply. You can cut their funding. That's why has the FBI been cut off of their funding then? Because or, they've definitely betrayed the American people already. There's enough evidence from what they've done with uh, the Russia hoax to what they're doing with the Catholics to what they did with the pro-lifers. Why hasn't you know, you go, they have the power of the purse. Well, guess what? They don't flip and use it. They just have another right. hearing and another hearing. And I'm listen, I'm grateful for the hearings that are getting the information out, but it's like pulling teeth. They give you a document. It's all redacted. Then you have to threaten them. Then they give you another one with a, a little less redacted. Or I mean, Chris, we never get to the bottom of this crap. You have Christopher Ray lying to the faces of members of Congress that the FBI didn't do more than just one little Richmond office when they're surveilling Catholics. Lied to their faces. He's not going to jail. He's totally fine. He's in his position right now. What's happening to and, Christopher Ray? Nothing. And he should be. He should. Well, first, he should be impeached. Number one. But so just to to I'll add. I'll flip sides for a moment and go. Not only are they not cutting their funding, they're going to fund a whole new billion dollar plus office building for the <laughs> FBI. And there's a conversation of where it should be. Should it be in Maryland? Should it be in Virginia? Where should this thing go? So th there is there is problems there. And one of the things that comes into play is the politics of we're not going to be safe. If you cut funding for the FBI, your you know your safety. You as have they another nine. The, they leave the border open, right? And we have hundreds of known terrorists that we've caught. Well, God knows how many others. So they're telling us it's all about our safety as they open well, the border, the simple, and then they got more funding to surveil Republicans well, the, and conservatives. The, the simple message is: if you have if you have so much money in your hands that you can go after Catholics in churches across America, you have way too much money. And so we're going to start we're going to start cutting it back. But so back, can, I, can I get back to the point that Evita was talking about? So she said that one one of the things that Chris Rufo and, and I'm glad you brought up Chris Rufo because, you know, we get feel really hopeless at times. And Chris Rufo has done a, a very good job, in my opinion, of not just identifying, you know, the roots of wokeness, which is obviously in Marxism and communism. It's just kind of transformed and been Americanized so that it's more palatable for us here to accept they've done an, he's done a, an amazing job of exposing the in, you know the the indoctrination industrial complex that has become our you know elementary middle high school and college university system that we're turning out little activists um you know it doesn't matter how conservative their homes are that they come from They'll never hear another conservative message outside of their home once they leave their home, um, whether they're in high school or, or, or elementary school or college. Um, there, there is this is like a 
factory that they're churning out activists. Um, he's been really great at explaining that, but he's also been able, I think, in a to to give a very clear blueprint of what we can do to fight back. And you're right, Evita. He says what Republicans have done too long is say government's bad. We're going to you know, do our work outside of government. And what he's saying is, no, that's not enough. You have got to defund because what, what the left has done is they have harnessed the power of government. Um, and that's what co- communists are good at. And the money that comes from and your tax dollars. And they've gotten us to fund yeah. their stuff. So here's something he said. He said, and he thinks that this is actually an Achilles heel for the left because they are so dependent on government systems and bureaucracy to push their ideas forward because their ideas are not popular with the masses, that this is how you get them. He says, today's left has an Achilles heel. Its power is a significant de- is to a significant degree a creature of the state, subsidized by patronage, loan schemes, bureaucratic employment, and civil rights regulations. These structures often appear permanent, but they can be reformed, redirected, or abolished altogether through the democratic process. So what he's saying is that is the blueprint. And he, and he, he gives examples of he thinks that Richard Nixon was on the path to doing that, that um, and and here's what let me play this clip from Richard Nixon and see, you know, this is sort of he says we can go. The revolution um, is from 1776. It continues. Listen, my friends, we live in an age of revolution in America and in the world. And to find the answers to our problems, let us turn to a revolution, a revolution that will never go old. The world's greatest continuing revolution, the American Revolution. Rufo, Vivek Wamswamy, Evita Duffy, Rachel Campos Duffy, we're all saying we need a counter-revolution, but this counter-revolution has to come from within. We can't just cede the government and the bureaucracy to the left. And Sean, you've kind of made those those claims yourself because you said the number one thing that any Republican should do if they win the next election is take on the deep state. So, so the, this the the clip you played was on a, like a ten minute documentary that Chris Rufo put together uh, with the Manhattan Institute, where he works on you know Richard Nixon and Richard Nixon's game plan in '68 to take on a very similar playbook that we're facing right now. And yeah, worth the watch that documentary. If you can get on Chris Rufo's Substack, go to the Manhattan Institute. It's a very interesting documentary. So like I, 10 minutes. And I, and I think Richard Nixon was talking about the, the enemies of the state were the professors, the media, and who else? There's a third one. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it said. He goes, but anyway, those were those were the two. The, the big ones. And so uh, Richard and but the deep state. The deep state was the third yeah, one, and so and so Nixon, the press, yes. and the professors. So uh, are the enemy. Nixon had a plan to root these these evils out of our society and culture and power, and very effective in going after kind of the radicals on the streets. Um, but as he was going after the, the 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 what we call now the deep state, the deep state doesn't go quietly. They're deeply embedded and rooted and. You know, when you start to pull out those roots, they scream and they the fight. The empire strikes back, and they did, and 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 they struck back, and they actually took out Richard Nixon. Just, just they laid a trap for him, and he took the bait, and he bringing that into today. Yeah, and by the way, this, the, the Democrats do far more uh, things than Richard Nixon, but to bring it to today, they set that same trap for Donald Trump, and. 
Donald Trump was not Richard Nixon. The trap that worked for Richard Nixon, the the public pressure, the his inability to fight back, and he didn't have all the tools to fight back, and then Republicans caved on him, and he ended up his lawyers know, turned on him. He ended up resigning from office. Donald Trump, they ran the same playbook, and it didn't work. Uh, which is remarkable. We're in a new era where Donald Trump has actually taught people, um, other Republicans, and they haven't been as effective. And some of them don't want to learn the lesson. Others have, but you don't have to accept the left's narrative. You don't have to to abide by their rules. You can fight back, push back. You can call them out as liars, and you can actually win electorally if you do it. Because all you're doing is saying what everyone else has seen. They're not fair arbitrars of truth. They're not asking you honest and fair questions. They're political players on the political stage playing a very important role. They call themselves reporters. They call themselves newsmen and newswomen, but they're nothing like a newsman or a newswoman. They're there to 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 take flesh off Republicans and bolster Democrats. So ever since Donald Trump stepped into the you know arena, and ever since he was elected, the goal of the press and the deep state Democrats, um, which are all the same thing, <laughs> is was to separate Donald Trump from his voters. And they used Russia hoax. They used, you know, bad press, 90 percent bad press, um, you know, over 90 percent of all the press on Donald Trump during his years was was negative. January 6th. Then, then they used January 6th. They used all these things separate. They and they thought these indictments would get. They, they would be able to select our Republican presidential nominee um, in the primary by indicting Trump. And it's just not worked for them. Every time they, you know, put another indictment out there, the numbers for Donald Trump grow and grow. And now things have gotten to the point where they don't know what else to do. Now, the ultimate test, and this will be the test of fortitude, uh, Evita and Sean, this will be the ultimate test on Americans will or on Republicans will Republicans because they're going to throw him in jail. It's very clear to me. They are going to throw him in jail. And the question I have for you is do conservatives do Republicans who are now right right now in, you know, vote, you know, supporting him by 60, 70 percent. Will they have the fortitude to vote for Donald Trump as he's sitting in prison? Will this Will people be so turned off by the fact that he's sitting in a jail cell? Will they buy the narrative that he's guilty because he's there? Will they be embarrassed to vote for a candidate who's who's in jail? Or will this enrage them the way each indictment has to the point where they're like, damn straight, I'm voting for this guy. And what will happen to this country if we have an election with one of the candidates sitting in jail? I mean, I, it's, it's a crazy thing to think about. These are not things that happen in America. Evita, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I think people are in revenge vote, you know, territory right now. And I think if they throw them in jail, it's only going to get worse. I think um, just thinking about myself personally, well, I, I I was going into this primary, you know, before before DeSantis had even announced, before anybody had really announced. And this was, you know, a, a year ago or a little over a, over a year ago. And thinking, you know, I'm kind of open to all the candidates. I'm not, I'm not married to Trump. And with each indictment, literally, my rage has has boiled over, and I I am full on revenge vote territory um, because it's the only thing that we we have 
to, to fight back against the deep state. I'm, I'm powerless. The two of you are, are really powerless. All we really have um, is our vote, which is why, you know, the election integrity stuff is so important. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to fall into that category. I wanted, not, I don't want to detract from, from this conversation, but I also, I really wanted to mention that this, this Chris Rufo video that we were talking about from Richard Nixon was so eye-opening for me specifically because grow, I, I've, I've, I've gone to Catholic school my whole life, a, a little stint I didn't go to Catholic school, but mostly I've been to Catholic school my whole life. And then obviously I went to U Chicago for college. And I and the Catholic school was not conservative at all. That I went the Catholic schools I went to were were very liberal. And I that's before we learned Evita about anything. classical academies, classical Catholic education. You're part of the experimental up, phase. You were in the experimental phase. You got the not so great Catholic school. Sorry about that, honey. I grew up believing that Richard Nixon was one of the worst presidents that we've ever had, because that's what I was taught. I was taught that Richard Nixon was 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 horrible, awful. FDR was amazing. He was he was the best guy ever. Woodrow Wilson was awesome, too. I mean, like my my education in a Catholic school was was completely warped. And this is actually what Chris Rufo talked about in the video, sort of in a meta way. He was like, the thing that we need to do really is is allow for school choice, because the the monopoly that these that the deep state, that the left wing uh, that the leftists have that are when, that are embedded in the deep state, th- their power really comes from what they've done to education. And yeah, from the t- they have a monopoly on textbooks, on curriculum. They have complete. They have a cartel essentially where you can't even get a teaching license unless you go through their left wing liberal uh, teaching I mean, colleges yeah. through their university. And we and we're not even we're we're not even aware. This is the this is the weird thing. Like we're, we're, when we growing up, I heard the phrase, you know, well, I don't need to know. I don't need to know that information. Talking about all the redacted documents that the deep state has, or I don't, um, you know, I I don't have anything to hide, so I'm not worried about the surveillance. That sounds like it came like from a psyop, right from right from the deep state itself, right? Why didn't I net? Why did why did we never learn about the hand? that that these federal agencies had in the Richard Nixon um, impeachment or the hand that they had in 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 JFK. Maybe uh, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to talk about his assassination, but just the way that the that the deep state was impeding on all of the things that he wanted to get done in his administration. These are things that if we were informed about from a young age, we would be able to contextualize today with Donald Trump. But we can't because we were never taught it. No one ever taught us. Right. That. And that's on purpose. I- I, listen, it wasn't until I think in the last year that I was I, I used to think people who thought that JFK was assassinated by the the CIA and the deep state. I thought those people were crazy. I had no idea that there were members of his own family who recognized what had happened. And 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 I've started to hear all these interviews with JFK Jr. Um, and, and and realizing they totally and, and about MLK. If I had known that, you're right, Evita. If we had known the truth about these stories, we would never have trusted the government the way I did. When when the Patriot Act passed, most Americans were like, go ahead, surveil all you want. I'm not an Islamic terrorist. I feel, and, and you and I have had this discussion, Evita. Yeah. I feel really bad about the complacency we had as the FBI infiltrated mosques. Now, there are some people there are some that were legitimate surveillance because they had real um, solid intelligence 
and 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 evidence that people were doing bad things. But a lot of it is the kind of stuff that we're seeing they're doing now with the Catholic churches where they in, they put in somebody to kind of drum up I- information. And it's more FBI driven than actual organically coming from the mosque or the church. And so this, I, yeah. I think we've had to rethink all of this. I, I would never be in favor of the Patriot Act right now. Um, knowing what I know. But I was one of those people that naively believed that our government was so good. And I feel like I've just been totally. I'm woke now in the different sense. I feel like I'm awake now and I don't trust the government anymore. And I saw what they did in COVID and I saw what they did with Russia hoax. And I'm learning more about what they did with Kennedy and MLK. And I am very, very worried. And, and this is just an example of Republicans being really stupid because what you touched on with, with what happened to Muslims is such an, an, an issue that they still talk about, that they know what happened to, 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 to Muslim Americans. Why don't Republicans reach out to them and say, we all, we all agree about the trancing of children, the infiltration of the school system. And we also agree that the deep state has weaponized itself against, about, against both Christians and Muslims. Let's join arms. And the Republican Party is too is 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 too stupid to do it, or 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 they're too bigoted. I really don't know what their problem is for with a lot of these people. Maybe they're 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 blinded by 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 Iraq and Afghanistan and still feel like those those two wars were warranted. Or it, I, I I don't know what the deal is. But we haven't reached out to them. And just to bring this full cir- full circle with with our first topic, I also learned in high school that the Spanish Civil War was was a was a massive patriotic battle against fascists and that the communists who persecuted my family were actually really good guys and that there were American communists and intellectuals who came and fought with them for democracy and for the republic. And in reality, these men and women in America who came to fight with the Spaniards were actually fighting for for collectivism and fighting against um Catholics and my own family and that 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 is the narrative that we have about the Spanish Civil War I think speaks volumes to the way our education system is is tainted um all across the board and why you know what story you know what story American kids don't know about American children will still hopefully I'm hoping this is still happening they'll read Animal Farm George Orwell's Animal Farm in in school what they don't know is that George Orwell had gone over to fight like so many other celebrities and many communists, American communists, um, and the, and some who were just fooled and thought they were fighting for a just cause. He had gone over um, to help out to fight with the quote unquote Republicans who were the communists in Spain at the time. And he saw the atrocities that were being committed by the communists that he had gone there to fight with. He saw the terrible things they were doing. Um, the way they were uh, just how horrible it all was. And he left so disillusioned and he realized that the real enemy was communism. And he came back and he wrote Animal Farm. And Animal Farm wasn't an indict, wasn't a book written against Soviet communism. It was written about actually an American who went and saw communism in the Spanish Civil War. Um, Again, these are stories that are being lost that aren't being told because our textbooks are being written by a bunch of lefties. We'll have more of this conversation after this. 
Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then every life is your solution. Every life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today. Yeah, let me just let me make a couple points here as we wrap this up. So we we, we talked about the assassination of of JFK, of RFK, of MLK, right? Those were assassinations. There's speculation that there was government involvement. I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but even the families have said, listen, the government was involved in you know the the deaths of these of these men at this time and and for and because in the case of JFK they were he was fighting against the military industrial complex and they actually took bullets and 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 killed men they didn't take bullets to kill Donald Trump but they are trying to assassinate him it's the same kind of assassination they're trying to take him out in the same way they 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 took out Richard Nixon, there's too much information. There's too many cameras. Bullets may not work today, so they had to go to the the plan that worked with Richard Nixon, which is the political assassination and um, lawfare. And 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 they tried with Trump. Had he just left office, like Richard Nixon, he would have wandered off, you know, on one of his properties somewhere. But he fought, and he fought, and he fought, and he exposed them even further, and never bent. And so now they're using the criminal justice system, perverting it in just grotesque ways to make sure that Donald Trump never gains power again. And it's not Donald Trump. It's actually people, Americans who say, I want Donald Trump in power. I want Donald Trump as my leader. And these liberals are saying, I don't want you to have the option to put the man in office that you actually want. To your point, Rachel, we want to pick who's acceptable to us that you can vote for as a Republican, because who you want to vote for, we don't like. And you, you made this point, will people vote for a man behind bars? I, make that, That's not tongue in cheek. Make no mistake. Donald Trump will not get a fair election on the kangaroo charges in New York City. A fair, not election, a fair, uh, fair, a fair, a, a fair trial, fair trial. Alvin Bragg charges, ridiculous. They're accounting errors um, that no one would get charged for. But he's going to be convicted in New York City. He'll never get a fair jury. The charges down in Florida, federal charges, um, those are the ones, the same charges that, that Joe Biden should have against him that never come. This is for the documents. This is for the documents, the 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 classified documents that Donald Trump had, which I Mike Pence had them as well. I think Donald Trump gets a fair election in Florida. A fair election. <laughs> Maybe I'm as as scattered as you are. A, a fair trial. Uh, but the charges in Washington, D.C., a, a place where 95% of the citizens in Washington, D.C. voted for Joe Biden, 5% for Donald Trump. 
there will not be a, a fair trial there. This is not this the the DC charges are on the the insurrection of January sixth, which by the way, insurrection wasn't charged. You see a whole bunch of charges that you've never heard of in the indictment in Washington, DC. They're all, you know, they're stretching and pulling from all over to try to charge Donald Trump. He will he will lose and go to prison off those federal charges in Washington, DC. And in Fulton County, Georgia, same thing. Bogus BS charges. But Fulton County's wildly liberal, wildly leftist, wildly Democrat. If these trials go, if they happen before the election and Donald Trump is sentenced before the election, he will be in prison because there is no due process. There is no fairness. They are going to use every ounce of every tool of every power that they have to make sure he can never be the president again, that the American people can never vote for him again to ascend to the presidency because they're not like what Donald Trump put in America first, securing the border, building a wall. This is so threatening to them. Oh, that that he went and talked to to, to Putin and Kim Jong-un. He's threatening the establishment. Is threatening to them. That's right. That was my point. None of these things that the policies that Donald lowering taxes, that doesn't threaten the left. It's his attack on their power in government that threatens them, which is why they can never let what him in the presidency John, I mean, again. What will happen? Okay, so you're upset that so far you haven't seen elected leaders, McCarthy, the Republicans, every single candidate running for uh, Republican um, uh, nomination for presidency, that you haven't seen this locking of arms surrounding you know, going to every, you know, uh, hearing and, and saying this is wrong. And OK, you haven't seen that. Now Donald Trump gets put in jail. What happens then? And what happens with the people? Do the people rise up? Oh, so listen, if you can't stand up right now as a Republican Party and understand they're coming after every single one of you, you're not going to stand up when he's behind bars. But what about the people? Because I think the people have had it. I think it's listen. I, I mean, you saw what happened in Spain. I mean, when things, things th- got to I, a point where revolution, where, where you I had a civil war. I think it's hard for the people. I think it's really hard for the people to stand up. I think you have seen over, the, it goes to my first point, my first comment. Throughout history, this system has happened. This transition to to the, the communists, the socialists has happened. And it comes with great death and destruction of, of, of freedom and human rights. And every time, almost every time it happens, People stand silently like sheep unless, and again, maybe this is different today with social media and there's some organization, but every single, again, I'm just, just take, I, I think just, it's just, like a slow boil. I think let, you're right. It's like a slow boil. People, people just kind of go, okay, well they accept this thing. And then this next indictment. So what would happen? What, let me, what would happen if a, if a, you know, a, a, a Republican prosecutor in a Republican city that voted 85, 90% for Donald Trump indicted Barack Obama. Not only would every news outlet be there, every single elected Democrat would be having rallies outside that courthouse. All not just, not just senators, house members, governors, state legislators, governor, mayors, any, I mean, any Democrat that's elected to any office, so true. the Democrat dog catcher would be outside the courthouse with all the Democrats rallying, protesting in outrage that a Republican, you know, uh, county prosecutor was going after a president. 
and they would claim all kinds of things of unfairness. And frankly, I might go join them to go, you know what? I don't like when we trump up charges against people. I, I have respect and I revere our criminal justice system. No Democrat's going to stand for Donald Trump. Okay. But every Republican should. And shame on them for not organizing and doing it. Why aren't they doing it? I don't know. Why aren't they doing it? Evita, well, maybe we'll send our, well, let's send our podcast to some of them and see what we can. Evita, what are your Jenna. thoughts on that? On why what, no- what happens? What what do you see happens? Donald Trump gets into gets put in jail. That's the goal here. Let's say before the before election. She goes, Can I answer your question? Yeah. Here's why. They're afraid of what their own constituents might think if they stand up for Donald Trump. Right? Could someone could someone question them as being a radical or you know, they, they're election deniers or they're January Sixers and so like, oh no, I can't do it. And they don't understand that America is more important than their election standing up for 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 what is right with our justice system and with our elections is far more important than your reelection. And by the way, when you do what's right, more often than not, people will vote for you. They appreciate integrity. There are they appreciate there are acting. thousands of people that that protested peacefully, Sean, on January 6th or behind bars or just petrified that the FBI is going to show up at mm-hmm. their house now that had their bank records collected um, by the FBI with, you know, the, the FBI got them from, from uh, what were the banks? It was it city bank, uh, city bank, city bank, bank of America as well. Bank of America. I mean, so I, I can see why the citizens are afraid. And that was the whole purpose of January 6th was to make the citizens afraid to stand up for themselves. And their leaders are afraid of being called you know, radicals, insurrections, maybe they legitimately are afraid of inciting, you know, violence. Maybe they're afraid we might get a civil war. Avita, what are your thoughts? So I think I, I did. I, I agree that they need to be joining Trump. I think they need to. I think this is a fight for America. I agree with all that that dad said, but I do. I disagree on the reason why they're not standing up and the Senate in particular is is the worst with this. I mean, none of them are doing anything in the wake of this this fourth indictment um, or set of indictments because they hate Trump. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's 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 two things or both of them. It's it's either that they are actually part of this uniparty and they see Trump as an outsider who is not who who is screwing up the system. Right. And they and 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 they like the status quo and the way things are going now and the illusion that there are differences between the Democrats and the Republicans. Um, and there's actually not a lot of differences once they all get to Washington. Um, and then the other thing is that he is disrupting and changing the the definition of a Republican because we used to we used to be a party of of forever wars. I remember being little and listening to to you and mom talk and hearing dad, you know, tell you why the war in Iraq is actually justified and you kind of being like, oh, I'm not sure. And this was whoa, years whoa, ago, but whoa, I'm sure. Whoa, and I'm sure listen, no, no, you on, were like four. Time. So listen, sure. you have no recollection of anything. You're, oh, you're, I do. You're, oh, you're, oh, I do. You're, you're throwing oh, I have a history. I have a. No, no, no. Listen, I will say I regret. I think in the beginning of the war, I thought this was justified. Okay, we're not gonna, listen, we're not because, going because I remember thinking, hold on, bring it back. 
but because everybody because everybody told you that it was and you had a reason to believe that now Donald Trump has come in and we have a new right. It's a party that rejects forever wars. It's a party that that actually cares about the common man, about making sure that we have, um, you know, fair trade, not just free trade to protect, you know, small farmers in Wisconsin, people that actually have, you know, real blue collar jobs. I think we're also we're also a party that that is is rejecting a lot of of this seeded wokeism that sort of we've we've let pass by. And that's why you, you see people like David Wrench, people like National Review say drag queen story hour. Eh, I wouldn't send my kid to it, but it's a sign of freedom in America. Like there, there's a real disconnect between the old right and the new right. And Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, is the embodiment of the new right. And he threatens not just the political power of people in the in the Senate and the House who aren't really necessarily defending him right now. Um, but he also is transforming before their eyes um, what it means to be a Republican. And they don't like that vision of the party. So uh, I think you are about 30 percent right. Sean, what's that but, stat but, you told me yesterday about Democrats? Two thirds of the Congress um, have been endorsed by, supported by, are in you know a conversation with Donald Trump. Many of the uh, new House members, a lot of senators, were elected under the the the, the Trump branding of the party, and most of them, a majority of Republicans in the House, I can't speak as clearly about the Senate, but have great affection for President Trump and his policies, and they're outraged by what's happening. There's some that don't like him. You're right; they're old establishment, but I mean. Again, there's my historical class of 2010 of 87 new members. I mean, I think there's like 15 of them left. There's been I mean, there's a there's a Republicans move in and out of the House. They're not they're not lifers there. And a lot of new members have come in and um, they they ran under the auspices of like this America first policy. So I I, I think you're right for some of them, Evita, but not all of them. And the ones who agree, if not all show up. If a, a majority show, that's that's a powerful um, sign. You were asking about the stat I was telling you about, about working. Yeah, listen to this stat that, Sean, that your dad told me about last night that I, I think this got to be terrifying so, for the Democrats. So non-white, so non-white working class individuals, Joe Biden won them by 48%. In 2020. In 2020. So non-white working class, you put you put a pair of, boot, a pair of boots on and go to work. Joe Biden won. By 48%. Today, with those same non-white working class voters, Joe Biden is winning by 16%. So there's been a 32% swing away from Donald Trump for non-white. Away from Joe. I'm sorry, away from Joe Biden, of non-Trump, I'm sorry, non-white working class voters who understand, I think this is the realization, that the Joe Biden Democrats they don't care about the working men and women. The revolution that the left is is fomenting is coming from the elites and the kids who don't have jobs. Um, that you know those who take to the streets and are professional ralliers and agitators. The, the, par- That's the where kids the of rich people. By the way, the Bolshevik Revolution was also fueled by the children of the wealthy but um, Mar- in but, college. But Marx so- thought of a Marx thought of a workers' revolution. The new, the new, the new communists understand that the workers are bad revolutionaries because, again, they like their homes, they like their faith, they like their incomes, they see upward mobility, and so they now see Democrats are not the 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 party that fights for them. 
but Republicans are. And so they're, 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 they're changing. A huge shift is upon us. And I, 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 I just, before election. we close out, I just want to say one more, one more time, Sean, what will happen? And this is a question for you. What happens with the people if they put Donald Trump in jail just before this election? I listen, I, I, I can't rely on history because this is never, this is unprecedented. Never and so I don't know. I don't know. Cause one, one of the problems if Donald Trump was in jail, he can't have a FaceTime rally. He can't have any rally. He can't have a Twitter account. He can't have a true social account. He will be isolated behind bars with no ability to communicate with the American people about his ideas and what's happening. And so what they couldn't do with Russia collusion to silence him, what they couldn't do with Twitter and Facebook to silence him, what they couldn't do with prosecution to silence him, they will actually silence him. This will be the first time they will silence him by putting him behind bars. They will lock him up and they will shut him up. And that's the only way they'll do it. Uh, this weekend on Fox and Friends, Evita, I had two guests, one from Venezuela, uh, one a young law student who is an immigrant from Iran, whose family was persecuted. They were politi- a political family who was you know, threatened with execution. They ended up having to leave the um, Iran and and come come here during the revolution. They are looking, these are people who are looking at, at what's happening here and they cannot believe it's happening here. This this looks familiar to them in a really scary way. It was a really eye-opening interview. I think anybody, uh, if you can, I'll, I'll try and post it on my Facebook page here, um, but it is, it is frightening what's happening. These are things that we never thought would happen in America and people who have lived under authoritarian rule know that. Sean and I had an interview with Venezuelan um, dissidents who came across here, I don't know, it was about a year and a half ago. And we asked them, when did you know that things were going south in Venezuela? When did you know that the country was lost? And what did they say, Sean? When the justice system became weaponized against opposition. And the one one from uh, Iran said, when they started to prosecute the the attorneys of, of of the persecuted of the of of the rep of of the leaders of the opposition party of the opposition party, they actually started to attack their legal representation. Which Sidney is, Powell has been indicted, legal representation for Trump down in uh, Rudy in Giuliani. Georgia, Rudy Giuliani, that's right. Yeah, so they're, they're, so they're go, going after the, they're lawyers going after the lawyers as well. So your your weapon, your 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 criminalizing legal yeah. advice. Oh, as we as we close with this podcast, I want to leave one point of advice. It's like, what can I do? I feel powerless. I think, Evita, you said that. Or, uh, I feel powerless. And um, you have to look at what power do I have. And so to be informed on what's happening, what the truth is around even this political prosecution of Donald Trump. And then whether it's with family members or it's your coffee clutch, the people that you come into contact with and you can engage in a conversation with, there's a lot of people who don't know all the facts. They 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 pick up a piece here and a bit there and they might watch CNN and MSNBC, you have the ability to actually inform them on what's happening and why it's happening and take the opportunity to actually educate people on how serious what's happening right now in this point in history, how serious it is for the future that we're gonna leave off to our kids. And by you talking, if everyone is talking to two, four, six people, um, and and moving, you can move the needle politically. That's 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 called grassroots. Information power. You don't have to knock on doors as a grassroots campaigner. You can talk to people, 
who may be less informed than you and share the truth of what's happening. That's important. Love your kids, protect your kids, educate your kids. Don't outsource it. That is so important. And um, I'm going to give a quote that 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 your co-host Pete Hexa says at the end of every Sunday show. Go to church. Go yeah. to church and pray for your country. Yeah, because we are in a spiritual battle. Evita, I want to thank you not just for joining us, but also for writing this article. If you haven't checked it out, um, it's on the Federalist website. It's called What My Family's Bloody History in the Spanish Civil War Teaches Us About the FBI Assault on Catholics. Um, it's a deeply personal article about my family's history fighting communism in Spain. Um, it's a sad story, but a, a but a but a good story. A, a lot of lessons in there, a lot to learn. Evita, thanks for writing these articles. You're doing a good job of informing um, and and connecting dots for people and and bringing back history, um, which was your major um, when you were at the University of Chicago. And history is important. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. It was was a very good conversation. And I think there'll be a lot more to come from it. No doubt. I think your great grandmother is sitting in heaven, smiling down at uh, her great granddaughter and her granddaughter fighting the same fight that she fought, just on a on a on a different turf, different soil. But the issues very similar. She so, had a typewriter. You have a laptop. That's right, and a Twitter account or an X account. Listen, <laughs> thank you, Vita. Uh, we love you. Enjoy uh, the place where my heart is up in Northern Wisconsin. Scott. Enjoy. And I want to thank you all for joining us on this longer than normal podcast from the kitchen table. A lot to unpack today, a lot to unpack for our country, but uh, we, we appreciate you joining us. If you like our podcast, you can rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. We'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe. You'll get a notice every time our podcast drop. We drop Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Q&A with Sean and Rachel comes on Friday. Uh, but until next time. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.